0: Hello, fempreneurs. I'm not sure if you can hear these birds. Oh, they're so cute. Listen to this. I'm gonna open my window. (laughs) As a car drives by at the same time. Um, It is spring, yay! So today's episode is super duper jam-packed with awesome tips, tricks, true stories from a fabulous femmepreneur named Lisa Webb. She has grown a massive female empire simply because, well, as she said in this interview, she likes to party. She likes to party with fun people. And really, if you like to get together with fun people and you like to create great experiences for them, uplift them, make them feel awesome... You really should be doing that in your day-to-day life, in your business, on social media, um, through the DMs and Instagram, through emails, through a YouTube channel, through everything that you do. You should be creating a fun atmosphere that people wanna be a part of for a long, long time, which is also called a community. And as we've discovered over the last year, having a community is essential to being an entrepreneur that makes money. (laughs) So if you don't have a community and you launch something out to the world, whether it be an event or a course or a new book or a new podcast, you will need to be pounding the pavement, building a community while you know launching your product or service out there. Because once you have a group of like-minded people, that niche audience, it's so much easier to build things for them and to have people actually buy those things from you and show up for those events. So Lisa Webb is going to share an incredible story with you in this episode. Let's dive in. I am really excited to dive a little deeper into your story today. I was just saying when you hopped on, we've all learned over the last year that having a community is more important than anything right now. And it feels in a lot of ways like our communities have been yanked away from us. So um, I think your story is going to inspire people to reach out, to open themselves up, to making new friends, and and hopefully inspire them to have new ways to do that. So do you want to tell us a little bit about you and how you started Wine Women and Wellbeing and what it is?
1: Okay, so my story, if if I'm trying to make it the quick version, um, (laughs) so I'm an educator here in Calgary, and when I first met my husband, I was an assistant principal, and he, very shortly after we got married, said, you know what, I have this opportunity um, for a new job, but it's in France, and that sounds like really exciting, but when you actually go to a place like that where you don't speak the language. It's really hard to connect with people and build new relationships. So I lived in Paris, I lived in the south of France. And then after that, we went to Indonesia, we went to the Congo. And so we were living all over the world. And every time we made one of those new those moves, I had to build my community over again. I had to make new relationships, build new connections, and I really realized the power of community and what a game changer that could be for anyone. And so when we came back to Calgary about a decade later, I thought, like, I wonder if that would work here because selfishly I wanted, I wanted to rebuild my community here in Calgary. It's something that I personally needed. And mm-hmm. so I thought, let's, let's see, because I don't think it's just people who are living abroad or who are new to a city. Oftentimes it's It's people who are living in the same city they've always lived in, but our jobs change and our places in life change and Mm -hmm. we need community no matter what. So I gave it a shot and I thought, let's see if this works in Calgary. And it most definitely did. And kind of the proof is in the pudding in that it's not it's for everyone. It's not just for people in big cities. So it's not Calgary, Vancouver, and Toronto that have branches. It is tiny little towns all over Canada that are popping up because women want community no matter where they live. So that is in a nutshell, where we came from, what we're about. Um, And the sisterhood is pretty strong.
0: Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So I want to know more of the nitty gritty of like how you did it. You've definitely done a great job of explaining why, Um, I'm sure so many women watching this and listening to this on the podcast can relate to the need for community and why they want community. But how do you actually go out there and build a community of women? Like, how have you done this? What are the steps you took that, you know, looking back were the keys to your success?
1: Um, I think, and I I say this often, I think the key to my success is not overthinking things because Mm -hmm. it is so easy to get in your head and think, who the hell do you think you are? Like, wh- why do you think right. that you should be able to do that? And right. I think once we step away from that and think, why not me? Someone's got to do it.
0: Why that not me?
1: Is there a, is a real game changer? Because as I speak to women across Canada who want to build out these branches, they're like, I'm just nervous. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. Why not? Have you ever had a dinner mm-hmm. party? And they're like, well, yes, I've had a dinner party. And basically, like I treat, and as the new girls join and I, and I have conversations with people who are going to start new branches, I tell them, think about it as if you're hosting a dinner party. So when people come to your event, mainly your job is just to make everyone feel welcome. And that mm-hmm. if someone comes by themselves, your job is to make sure that you introduce them to someone. Oh, have you met so-and-so? you can sit with them or make sure that everyone feels welcome. And if you can do that, if you can host a dinner party and make sure that everyone feels welcome in your house, you can make sure that everyone feels welcome in your community. And I think you just, and if you start thinking of it as, Oh, I need to do all these things and I need to connect people in my city. And we just need to start small. Do you have one friend you can invite? Or do you like, are you able to start an Instagram account? Like what is the smallest first step that you can take? Let's start the Instagram account. Let's connect with a couple of those people online. Like don't think big picture. Like if I would have started this thinking, how am I gonna make a cross Canada tour with giant celebrities and make it happen in six different cities? That would have been very overwhelming two and a half years ago or two years ago, I guess now, but that's not where I started. And, and sometimes we don't need to know the end game. Like we still don't know where we are going and what we can grow into. But I think that it's really important to just focus on what can I do now? What is my first step? Why not me? And don't overthink and overcomplicate and worry things that, about things that you don't know how to do yet. Because we learn as we go and we can learn anything on Google.
0: Right. Oh, I love it. Yes.
1: Like if you don't know how to make a website, well, that's, that's not, that's not your biggest problem. That's, we just had our book club last night. I was going to say that's figure outable because we did Mary Forleo's book, but it is figureoutable. Um, so you can learn things as you go and you don't need to be 100% ready when you start something. Oh. I think it, it's important to remember, like, just try, take baby steps towards where you want to go, and just know that you're going to grow and you're going to figure out things as you go. You don't need to be 100% ready when you start. Cool. Cool. That's,
0: so, you have, yeah, I really wanted to become. To- I really wanted to come to your event last night. Um, I do youth group every Wednesday, so I, I can't do Wednesday nights. Um, but I would love to know more about how it went last night. What did these, you've been running these book clubs for a long time. It sounds like because you, you were part of really fun book clubs when you were overseas. Is that kind of how it started or? Um, <laughs>
1: I always joined book club overseas because these women's communities that I was a part of, they always had a book club. That's something that they did. Oftentimes I didn't even read the book and I would just go for a glass of wine and for (laughs) the community. Funny enough. Yes. Yeah. And so I started, I was blogging. I blogged as Canadian expat mom for a whole bunch of years and wrote for the Huffington post and did all kinds of, writing things. I wrote kids books on travel while we were away. And so writing has always been a part my, my degree is in English. I'm a teacher. Writing has always been okay. a part of what I do. So um, while I was overseas, I created um, expat anthologies. So books with a collection of stories from women on their experiences of living all over the world. And so that's something I did in my past life. And as Wine women and Wellbeing kind of evolved, one of the women who was in those expat anthologies, who is also an expat, and she was living in Kuala Lumpur, I was living in Indonesia, we both happened to move to Calgary, we met here in Calgary for the first time, and that is Mercy. And now Marcy runs our book club, because Marcy then moved on to Texas, and she said, you know what, I'd really like to get involved what is something that I can do? And I thought, well, what about book club? So it's Marcy who runs our book club and she's got her own page now and she's editing our books and doing all the things related to books. And so kind of like those expat anthologies, now we're doing three different, well, we had our first three books and now we're yeah. doing a second three books um, for women anywhere in Canada, anywhere in the world really, because we've had women who have submitted stories from all over the world. Um, so we are creating a six book series um, so at first we had, I'm going to put myself on the spot now, sisterhood, motherhood, and finding yourself. Those were the first mm-hmm. three books that Marcy's in the process of working through right now. And then our next three books are love stories, adventure, and resiliency. So we're currently in the process of collecting stories on On those topics, and we'll turn those into books. So, kind of like a chicken soup for the soul. Yeah, Um, love it. So that's part of the well-being branch of Wine Woman Well Being.
0: Awesome. So you are like, because you started your community around the time YYC Fempreneurs started, and I, I think we we might have followed similar paths. And really, live events were so fun and so easy and like like you said you see someone that doesn't know anyone and you go over and you introduce them to five people and that kind of stuff and that was i think we we were both probably quite lucky that we got to build a really strong foundation before you know a year ago and so how have you shifted how you're doing things like a year ago when you started to see that maybe live events weren't going to be as as you know um I guess wouldn't be possible. Maybe I didn't think that a year ago, that's for sure. I was like, oh, this is a little pause in the super fun live events. I did not think that it would, that we would still be dealing with this right now. But what did you do to kind of shift the way you were like connecting your people?
1: Well, I believe the date was March 12th or 13th of last year. We had a giant event with Jillian Harris and we were, riding this high, it was, it was basically the last night that anyone in Calgary went out because the very next day, the world closed down. So Thanks. we had this giant momentum going and we were so excited and people wanted to open new branches and then all of a sudden, nothing was like, we weren't allowed to do anything. And when you no. build your community on, like we were literally <laughs> saying last year, our community is built on connecting in real life that's what we said. That was like our thing. And then now we can't connect in real life anymore. Um, So the thing was, from my time overseas, I knew that connection is connection. My kids only knew their grandparents through Skype for the first seven years of their life. And that connection was very important. And they still very much had a relationship with their grandparents, even though they lived on the, other side literally on the other side of the world from them and so when things went like when we had our first lockdown when we were first told well you can't have events anymore I think that was the opportunity to make a choice and I could have said well okay one women and well being doesn't exist anymore but I was like that never actually ever crossed my mind not once because I knew, well, I still need community. I still need connection. Just how am I going to connect? Well, I'm going to connect online because I've been doing that for 10 years because I've lived on the other side of the world from everyone that I know for the past 10 years. So it was Skype and FaceTime and now Zoom. So I was like, what is this Zoom thing? And <laughs> I remember lockdown, well, the week after that Jillian Harris event was when we had our first Zoom. It was just like, okay, well, this is just a new thing that I have to learn. This is a little hurdle, and I'm going to figure it out. And I'm going to buy a Zoom account. And I never heard of Zoom before in my life, but this apparently is the thing to do. And <laughs> we partnered with Go Clean Co. because everyone was paranoid about germs at that time. And Go Clean Co. was exploding. I think they had 10,000 people on their account at that, like when I first started talking. The next week, they had 20,000 people when we were having our event. Now, I think they're over a million people on their account which is crazy because I didn't know how to work zoom. And we had an event where zoom at that time, their capacity was 300 people. We had 300 people at our first zoom event and I didn't know how to work zoom. And we really were like, talk about doing something before you're ready. Mm -hmm. I was like, (laughs) I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, And so we've really come to embrace zoom. It's not perfect. It's not our ideal, but, A a good example was last night at our event, we had book club that we've created and getting messages from people that say, like, thank you for what you've provided me through pandemic. Mm -hmm. Because you've kept me going, you've kept me connected. And that wasn't the plan when we had that first Zoom event. The plan was, let's figure out how to get through this first event. (laughs) Was there times where we were really sick of Zoom? absolutely. Like, <laughs> of course, we would rather be in real life where you can cheer someone and give them a hug. But if that's not an option, you have to make the most of what is available. And for mm-hmm. us right now, that is Zoom. And I don't plan on going anywhere. So we're just going to keep going until they'll let us do what we really want to do. Kind of yes. like
0: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that is so cool. So when we talked um, last week, I wanted you to, um, I wanted you to talk a little bit more about the the sort of the startup success tips. And you've talked a lot about that, about you know just kind of getting out of your own way and not overthinking it, and all that kind of stuff. Is there anything else that you would give as advice for a woman who wants to start some sort of community? Maybe it's a book club with five women, or and she's a little nervous or she doesn't know what to do. Is there any anything else that you can can share that you can teach about right now
1: I would say don't be afraid to lean on the other women in your life and Mm. I have learned this the hard way because a lot of times you think well I can do it all and actually (laughs) when you accept that you don't need to do it all and I always felt bad and the girls who are very close to me um, who run branches will know um, that this is true that a lot of times, and they've come to know me and say, Hey, Lisa, I can do this for you. Like, would you like me to do this job? Because a lot of the times I don't ask and I just think, Oh, I can do that. I can do that. And all of a sudden the, the things that I can do and I need to do are a mountain.
0: Hmm. And
1: when you lean on your girlfriends and ask for help, it turns out people are way better at things like, um, like online things or making documents or helping with your website? Like, why did I just like kill myself over doing that (laughs) when I have someone who is so close to me, who is so good at doing that? So why don't we share the wealth and give credit where credit is due and, and say like, this person is really good at doing this. Ask for help. Use the people in your community. And if there was the example you use, someone wants to join a book club, but they don't know where to start. When I first, and this is what Mm -hmm. I tell to our branch directors and what I did personally here in Calgary, uh, when I had my first event, I thought, Oh my God, this is going to be so embarrassing. If nobody shows up, (laughs) if, if no one comes and it's like me and my mom, I'm going to be really embarrassed that I put this on Instagram. Like I made it a page, I made it a thing and now nobody's here. Like that's a big risk, right? And it's it's a scary thing to do that. And I thought, okay, do I know four people? Yeah, I know four people. Can I ask four people to come? They don't have to come forever, but I really want them to come for this first time. Like, can I call in a favor and like ask four girlfriends to come? And if they want to bring a girlfriend with them, yeah that would be awesome because that would make eight people and then that wouldn't be so bad and then maybe a couple strangers will come and maybe <laughs> i'll put in like i'll put up some and i did this i put like early days before wine women and well-being existed i went into nova coffee house and i like made printed out the, the, the event thing and i stuck it up on their <laughs> um like on their community bulletin board. Stick it, if you're having a book club and you want people to come, stick it on your community billboard, billboard or your, you know mm-hmm. what I mean by that, right? Like coffee shop, yeah. Yeah. poster board thing. Old school um, marketing, yo. <laughs> like ask, ask strangers to, or, you know, like start conversations, build relationships. Hey, I'm doing this thing. Tell people about it. No one's going to know if you don't tell them and mm-hmm. ask, ask your friends for support. Because the worst that can happen is they say, no, sorry, I'm busy that night.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And what, yeah, one thing like, I'm, I'm just curious to know if you kind of if you agree with this, I, I, I definitely have felt that fear of what if no one comes and I've, I've experienced that when no one comes. <laughs> and um, I also know that it's really not that big of a deal in the moment you feel kind of defeated. But on the bright side, the whole marketing experience of, of talking about an event on social media, putting flyers out there, you're growing your community, even if they don't show up. So I, do you fi- find that too? Um, Do you know what? So we've
1: had events online, for example, recently during pandemic, where we have, like I said, with GoCleanCo, we had 300 people because that's how much space at that time, Zoom, that was their capacity. And we've had other events where four people have signed up and you're like, oh my God, only four people are coming. What are we going to do? But something very cool happens. and. Christine in Halifax and I had talked about this once because she, when she first started, she had an event and there wasn't many people signed up and she's like, Oh, I don't know. Should I just cancel? Like, is this going to be awkward? And so I'm sitting over here in Calgary and I'm like, I know it's happening. I'm like, she's in Halifax right now. She's having her first event. I know she's nervous. And I'm like, so there with her, uh, without physically being there with her. And I'm just yeah. waiting for it to be over so that she can call and tell me how it went. And, she called, like, I got that phone call and I could just hear it in her voice. She's like, it was amazing. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Because something like the event is definitely a different feel zoom as well. Mm -hmm. When you have a much smaller group, maybe it's not the big giant. We had 150 people at our event. Maybe you're not getting that piece, but those people connect in a different way. And you really, Mm build community and you get a chance to know each other. And so even though maybe it's not exactly how you imagined it or envisioned it happening, there's always a silver lining. There's some takeaway, people meet each other in a different way. And so I think he just got to push through. Like she could have canceled that event and not had it. We could have canceled our zoom because there was only four people, but then you miss out on what could have been, even if there's three people like you and I right now, we're only two people but I'm connecting with you in a way that I wouldn't have if Mm -hmm. we didn't do this at all. So, you know, going out for coffee with one girlfriend is better than sitting at home and having coffee by yourself. So I just think, don't be too hard on yourself. If you're planning something and it didn't turn out the way you want it to, what's, what's the takeaway? What can, what can you learn from it? What can you do different Mm -hmm. next time and what good came out of it anyway?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think the ripple effect from even just, you know, even if we were just having this conversation, um, like we did last week, when it was just the two of us, and we didn't publicize it. Like, there's a ripple effect that comes from that conversation, because I've brought you up in so many conversations since that conversation. So more people know about you. And you know, like, so yeah, so just connecting, whether it's one on one, or whether it's, like you said, you in front of 300 people. Uh, there's always different types of connections, but it's all connection, and it all has ripple effects. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to pull a couple more stories out, out from you before we uh, <laughs> before okay. we stop this this because I really love this interview with you so much. I know you've you've been through so many cool things um, to share. I'm just curious to know more, like to go way back to like your childhood. You, you've obviously got some skills when it comes to welcoming people and holding events. Did you grow up in a household with a family that was really like bringing people into the home a lot or holding events or where did you kind of get that from
1: um i always like to party <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> is that team, all that trouble i got in as a teenager is paying off um yes. i've never been asked that question before okay so let me think about that for a second my mom worked at the college um, in Thunder Bay, I grew up in Thunder Bay. My mom worked at Confederation College, and it wasn't uncommon for her. I mean, she worked in the back end office um, of the cafeteria. She worked in residence. She worked in the Student Success Learning Center, and so she got to know the students a lot. And she got to know them like through the learning center if they were struggling when she worked in the cafeteria, she, like on the, in the office side of things, she got to know when they didn't have any money left on their meal plan. And so it wasn't uncommon to have a random college kid at my dinner, at my table <laughs> at home for dinner because they didn't have any more money on their meal plan. And there was a week left till the end of the month when their parents automatically refilled their meal plan card. So <laughs> without knowing it, um, and my mom also worked, um, she volunteered bringing in refugees to Canada. And so we would go and set up their houses and welcome them into our city. And so maybe that's where my comfort level with the expat traveling around the world thing came from. Maybe that's, Mm -hmm. I also had a big family. Um, I had 16 cousins within my exact age range. And so we did have a lot of big family dinners and yeah, I've never really thought about it, but I've always liked getting together. And then I, I like having people over in a way that like, not in a sense where I want to make a big fancy, like, I've never probably put on like a big dinner party. I don't like that. I don't like to make the table look all Instagrammable. That's not for me, With like the starter plate and the fan, I hate setting the table. I Mm -hmm. hate preparing a three course meal for a whole bunch of people, but I love to have a party. Like, I just like, let's like everyone come over and we'll just like put a bunch of appetizers on the island and like, let's just eat and drink. And like, I'm not setting the table for you. I'll get you your first (laughs) drink, but you're responsible for the rest of them. Like just come (laughs) over and hang around with me. Like, I like that. So. My wedding was the same way. And I like a lot of people said, your wedding was so fun. My wedding wasn't about the decorations. My wedding wasn't about the centerpieces. Like I don't even, I didn't care. I didn't put any planning. It was probably a really ugly wedding to be honest. It wasn't ugly, but it wasn't like, I didn't have an Instagrammable wedding. I don't even think I was on Instagram at that time, but it was more about, I just wanted all of my people to be together. So I think I've always been good at bringing people together, being a bridge for people. Like I always, like my friends, like growing up, like I was a Ukrainian dancer. So like my dancing friends knew my school friends and they knew my cousins because I liked connecting people. So probably like when I had my first Wine, Women and Wellbeing event, it wasn't about let's make this like beautiful, Let's make the space amazing. That's not what it was about. It was about let's build community. Let's connect the people, um, which is why. So when I thought about Manifest, this tour that we're doing, it was not about, I'm so thankful that Sarah from Blush & Co. has joined us and she's going to be design on all of these events because it will be Instagrammable, but not because of me. It's because (laughs) of Sarah, because that's Sarah's strength. That's not my strength. Mine is about let's connect the women all across Canada. Let's, let's bring the people together. And I've always had that. Maybe it came from my childhood. Um, but for me, it's, that's more important than what's on the table or mm-hmm. like what the centerpiece is. I don't care about the centerpiece. I care about the people at the table.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So talk about this cross country tour that you're doing right now. I'm, I'm not really hundred percent sure I even understand it. So please just explain it.
1: <laughs> um, so Jess Tatu, who uh, is out of Saskatoon and she's just an incredible woman. I saw her for the first time at women and wealth in Calgary and she was opening for Jillian Harris. And I remember sitting at the table listening to her story and I remember thinking, this woman is incredible. She has an amazing story. Never in a million years there was 1800 women in that room that she was talking to. Never in 1 million years did I think that a year later I would be where I am and have just tattoo in my life in a way that is just like so different from a year ago sitting at that table. So time, time marched on. And when there was that time in September where we were allowed to go out in the world again, and it felt like the pandemic was kind of over, even Mm. though it wasn't, do you remember that time? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to grab a sip of water. Yeah. So Jess Tatu was coming to Calgary and her assistant reached out to me because we had planned for her to speak at Wine Women and Wellbeing. And her assistant reached out to me and she said, Jess is going to be in Calgary. Do you want to, she wants to know if you have time for, to go for a drink. And I was like, yeah, I want to go for a drink with Jess Tay too. And so we went for a drink and I came home that night and I said to my husband, I can't remember her exact title. So Jess has the title of, in 2019, she got awarded one of Canada's most powerful women or empowering women. And I came home and I said to my husband, well, I sure know how she got that title because I left that happy hour with her feeling so empowered I was like I think this chick just changed my life and she absolutely has because we were just talking and we were having this conversation and she's like for someone who's been in Canada for such a short amount of time I mean I'm Canadian obviously but been back in Canada I'd only at that time been back for a year and a half or something and two years maybe but she's like you have really become well connected and I said it's just through this community really it's not me personally it's it's the sisterhood it's it's what we stand for and so she was like well you have all of these branches across Canada you should go on tour I'll go with you let's go on tour and I was like oh my gosh they here I was like F yeah let's go on tour and so I came home and I was like Kev I'm going on tour he's like what are you even talking about right now and so I just came home fired up and I'm writing things down in a notebook And I didn't know how it was gonna happen. And I had no idea. And I was just writing down all these city names, like where could we go? How could we make this happen? Because we do, we have now girls on the ground in all of these places across Canada, which is a really cool thing. And they wanna be connected. And so we just started reaching out to people to see who would be interested. And so Caitlin Bristow, who is originally from Leduc and she went on to be the Bachelorette. And now she's the co-host of the Bachelorette and she just won Dancing with the Stars and she has Spade and Sparrows. is doing all these really amazing things. She's going to be coming with us. And we just kind of started in Vancouver. And so we thought, okay, Vancouver, Kelowna, Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatoon, Toronto, let's do it. And then next time let's do it even bigger. So we're not just thinking like, this is a one-time thing. We are like, we don't know how we're going to go bigger. We don't know where, but we are like, this is, this is our trial run. And then next time we're going to do it even bigger. And so like pretty great for our trial run. And so now we have, Um, Jess, Jess Tattoo is going to open for all of them and Dr. Jody Carrington is joining us and we just have a lot of really cool and exciting women who are like joining us for this movement across Canada and it's just,
0: wow, I'm
1: a thing in the most amazing way.
0: Cool. Yeah. So when do, when do you go on tour? When does this all start?
1: Well, it is happening starting March of next year because covid we right. have moved, the, the, I haven't actually told like the Instagram world this, but that date that is now out in the world is actually the third date. We okay. initially, like when we first started talking about this, Jess and I were like, let's do it next year at this time. Well, that would mean that we'd be going on tour in September, which I'm very glad is not the case um, because we're not ra- ready to gather in a thousand people at a time. Um, So then we moved it to January and then I thought before we release this puppy out into the world, I want to make sure like the vaccines are rolled out and we're okay together and everyone is comfortable. So,
0: yeah, right. So
1: it's actually like a lot later than when we first anticipated having it. But we wanted to make sure that it was safe and everyone would be vaccinated and we would have time to get comfortable to Get to a place where we're gathering in that size again. Mm-hmm. So we're doing yeah. a chunk of like three cities in March and three cities in April.
0: Awesome! That yeah. is going to be an amazing event. I can't wait to attend. Um, maybe more than one of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, well that's cool. So um, yeah, a couple of the things that I wrote down. Um, you just said you know you've got to make the balance happen. you've got to find the time and you've got to have the lady balls to just do it. And so I think that that message has been abundantly clear um, through listening to your stories and just, you know, looking around online at what you've built and here on Instagram and just seeing who you are and, and how passionate you are about helping women feel connected to other women. And I think a lot of us, had, you know, very opposite experiences to that growing up. I know I sure did. I was terrified of the idea of starting a community of women. And I, I just can't imagine my life without my femmepreneurs. So, um, yeah,
1: don't get me wrong in like this, Lisa could have never done that in high school. I wasn't that person who's like, I'm gonna yeah. start. I wasn't her. And maybe my expat experience forced me into going to events by myself for the first time. Cause I didn't have a friend to go with. So that's why I always tell ladies, like, come by yourself. If you're listening to this message, you know someone who you can come and say hi to. Um, Because when you move to a new country, you have to go somewhere by yourself because you don't know anyone. And you Mm -hmm. have to do that awful feeling like when you're going up to a group of women and introducing yourself for the first time, like, hey, I'm Lisa, nice to meet you. I don't know anyone here. Like, that's a hard thing to do. And so when I see people coming in to do that, I can recognize that. Like maybe if I was a military kid or an expat kid, I could have done that in high school. But I was not. Like I couldn't have done that as an adolescent. But yeah. now I I very much see the value in it. And thank you for referencing my lady balls because I do talk about them all the time. I just I wrote them down.
0: That. I was like, but yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: like, I'm getting quoted about that. Um, yeah. But it is. Like, men can say, why can't we like woman up, right?
0: Woman up. Love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you're such an inspiration and everything you're doing is so cool. Um, Go to winewomenwellbeing.com to learn more about Lisa and all the chapters that are all across Canada. You have some in the U.S. too, right? Not yet. No, you have have someone in Texas, you were saying? Oh, yeah. So Marcy's in
1: Texas. Our book club is based out of Texas. She's actually a St. Albert girl who was living in Calgary and now she is in Texas. Yeah.
0: But okay. that's our online
1: event so it works so everyone's welcome.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book club looks amazing. I definitely want to check that out soon. Well, thank you so much for letting me interview you, for sharing all of your awesome stories and for being on the podcast and I look forward to connecting again with you soon, Lisa.
1: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode and for sharing it with other women who you know need some confidence. They need some inspiration, they need some tangible tactical steps that they can actually take to move towards the life they want, to stepping into that leadership role, to stepping into serving others, and of course, stepping into the financial security that comes with all of that. So yeah, thanks for being here. Thanks for sharing the podcast. This episode was brought to you by Fempreneurland.com, the place where you can go to find everything you need to get your business off the ground. If you need live events to just simply connect you with other women like you so you have that moral support and those live cheerleaders, that's what you're gonna get there. You're also gonna get events where you can go and learn about marketing and leadership. Some are paid, some are free. We do also have a brand new membership platform launching in May 2021. Um, We tried the Patreon thing for a while and it wasn't. Quite what we needed. So we've moved off Patreon and we're about to launch on a brand new platform, which is really super exciting. So make sure you are on the Femprinterland email list so that you know as soon as that becomes available to you. That's going to be an incredible, incredible place for you to build real relationships and grow your business beyond what you ever thought was possible. Uh, I'm also working on my third book right now about building community. I would love to interview you if you are a thought leader, a fempreneur who has built a community and has some awesome tips and tricks around building community. This book will be not only my story of how I built the fempreneurland community, but also I want it to be a collaboration of other fempreneurs who've built communities and their tips and tricks. So if that's you or someone you know, uh, starting point is of course a podcast interview. So we'd love to interview you or someone you know for the podcast. And from there, turn that interview into, um, like, you know, a page or two in the book with those key points. So thank you so much again for being here and I'll see you next week and every Tuesday when a new episode hits the uh, podcast player where you listen to your podcasts. All right. Bye for now.